This is the SSEU Podcast. We today have a special episode for you guys. Uh, It turned out that in the middle of December, we recorded an episode that we never had time to release because of holidays and yada yada yada, and so it never happened. But uh, it is being released today, and we hope that you will enjoy it. It includes a discussion of The Irishman, The Mandalorian, and a bunch of other stuff that we think will be really fun. But before the episode starts, we have a brief trailer for our next guest on the SSEU podcast next week on February 3rd. How are you boys? Can we do watch talk? Okay, let me unzip first. Per year. Per fucking year. What is it called? Tinder? What a a stupid question. (laughs) Is there a worse shopping retail experience than Ikea? And they had like tech lines on the seats. And I was like, oh, they're not working because they're drug dealers. Uh, Some of the other adults in my house are not. (laughs) And I am wildly obsessive. Not a game. I was like, hey, there's an audience in which I can indulge my little fetish. Ha <laughs> ha! I'm gonna do it and call it work. <laughs> From deep throat, so to speak. Well, I'll let you try to convince Shannon that we should do that too. You gotta take that off and throw that the fuck away. Are you, are you bringing uh-huh. it? No. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Welcome to the 63rd episode of the SSEU podcast. We are delighted to be here today with you again to talk about the most recent events and news in pop culture. This dead-ass podcast is hosted by yours truly, Thomas, Ryan, and Chris. Did I use that word correctly? I heard it the other day, and I just really wanted to use it. You heard dead-ass the first time the other day? Yes! What, what does it mean? Who uses it? It's like, you know, like, it's right on. It's good. It's, you know. Yeah. Okay. That's, I've okay. never used it, but that's, I, I've, I've read it used that way before. Yeah, yeah, it fits. It's, we are, we are a dead-ass podcast. 
It's like the first time someone used the expression low key to me, and I was like, what what do you mean? Is there high key? Is there medium key? Is it about singing? And it's it it took them a while. Eng- English is fascinating. Chris, how are you today? We're doing well. We uh we have a lot of topics to go through, and we're going to try to do it in an hour, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, I wanted to start with something that's really on brand. In the past week, I had a lunch with some of my colleagues, and they wanted to go to this place called the Blaze Pizza. Uh, have you guys yeah. been to this? I, yeah. I under- no thanks. Yeah. I understand it's a chain, and it's sort of like you walk up there and you get to quote unquote customize your own pizza and put whatever on it, and then they throw it in the oven, and then you eat it. It's thin crust, not all. And, that and great. they're all like personal pizza, like you. Yes. Everybody gets their own. I, I've been there once. No thanks. The price range is like I don't know Burger King, but for pizzas or something like that, and it tastes equally bad. Uh, and so we had lunch. Almost immediately after it, so we sat there and we chatted for a while, and I felt that I I really had to go, and I I had to go and do oh you're two. you're running oh you had to go okay. So the others left, and I said bye to them, and I decided to go to the back and go to the restroom, uh, and I walked back there. I walked into the men's restroom, and the Good stall, start. the the stall they Good have one. Good for you. Good for you. They have one stall. It was closed for service. So, so, so you pooped in the urinal? I, 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 I chose not to, Chris. Okay. Uh, so I walked out of there and I briefly looked at the women's restroom and I was like, could I? Could I? And I, I decided not to. I decided that uh, it, it would be too awkward if someone else walked in there and I came out of a stall uh, and... <laughs> I didn't want that encounter. Uh, you don't want so, that on so, your record. So, so what do you do? Like, what, what do you do? You really have to go, but the the restroom's broken. So assume, I, I assume you you did what they do in New York and just like, or or San Francisco and like poop on the street. I briefly contemplated that, decided against it. But you know what I realized? Out of a mountain. <laughs> No, across the street from Blaze Pizza, there's a Chick-fil-A. And you know what Chick-fil-A has? Really great bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I walked over there, pretended like I belonged, walked back to the restrooms, realized that you need a freaking code. Ah. And so (laughs) I have no shame in my body. I walk up to the counter and I'm like, uh, could I get the code for the restrooms, please? And I get the code and I do my and, business. And you say thank you and they say my pleasure. So is it just a single – it's a single-person bathroom there then? No, it's a two-person bathroom, but you still need a code. So there's like a stall and one uh, urinal. What part of Arizona were you – <laughs> How bad is the neighborhood that the that Chick-fil-A no, this, is putting? This is this is right next to ASU's campus. I I, I don't know. Oh, Maybe they're it's the students. Go, I, yeah, I assume like, so. And so on my on my way out, I proudly walk past the sign that says restrooms for paying customers only or whatever. No loitering. Oh, wow. So they yeah um, they've had problems with it then. I'm and I'm so proud of myself. I got a free poop out of them. 
they're probably more like uh, had problems <laughs> with students, with drunk students throwing up in their bathrooms. Question. How much distress were you in as you um, chose not to use the pizza place's restroom, crossed the street, found out you needed a code? I mean, how close of a call yeah, I mean, was this? You, you crossed traffic. So it, 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 was, it was really close to brown pants. Uh, well, were, were you perspiring heavily? <laughs> Paint us a picture. I, <laughs> I'd rather not. I will tell you this. I'm, I'm sure that my walk was funny crossing the street. <laughs> you know, like, you're trying to hold it all together and like, trying to, like, squeeze the butt cheeks and oh, not let gosh. up. <laughs> <laughs> but it was okay. And then the, the drive home was, was okay. Like, the yeah. relief. Off the relief, after you have a really good poop, oh, it's glorious. All, all's well that ends well. This is completely unrelated to the fact that Adam was in town last week uh, for business, his last official business trip uh, to Arizona. And I, I don't think we're allowed to talk about his transition here. Uh, he's yeah. transitioning? Yeah, he's, he's transitioning. Uh, and I, I assume at some point he'll make it official on Twitter. I'm uh, glad his yeah. wife is supporting him. <laughs> <laughs> so we we met up on Tuesday of last week and just had, I believe, two drinks apiece or something like that. Uh, nothing too horrible. Then on Wednesday, we went out to celebrate his transition. We had a bottle of wine. I took him to a bunch of cocktail places, to a dive bar. Uh, it was a great time. And... Adam's verdict is that there is no hangover like a Thomas hangover. So <laughs> I uh, I take pride in that. <laughs> All right. So so I was mentioning to you before we started recording that that you Thomas are you bind the SSEU together that you have visited people from coast to coast that you have visited um, two SSEU members in Los Angeles. Um, you stopped uh, to to visit uh, Tim in. Kansas, near the yeah. roundabout. Yeah. Um, you've been to South Dakota twice. You'll make your second trip to uh, to Ryan's uh, this this December. Uh, and I've, when had, were, I've had this thought also. Yeah, you're right. When you visited Ryan, uh, you also met up with Laura and Cameron and, of course, Patrick. Uh, am I missing anyone in Texas? But you've been out east. Uh, have you been to New York? I have not been okay. to New York. But but you've um you've been to DC uh multiple times and one of those yeah, times at, at New York one of those times you actually visited uh yeah so Stephen from New New York Metro visited you um but you actually went out to lunch at the Palm with Vic um yes. I mean you've you've had quite the SSEU experience I I I have a blank spot of the Ohioans I haven't met either Andrew or Jason so far although we tried to make it work you can probably skip it. To- <laughs> Last December, when I met uh, Ryan and Laura and Cameron for the first time, we were also supposed to meet Mary, mm-hmm. but first, first uh, she uh, she bailed at the last moment, and then shortly after that, she abandoned us as EU. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. Come what back, did. Mary. Yeah, we blame you for that. I don't know if we've, I don't know if everyone's told you, but we do blame you for that one. Oh, without a doubt. I assume that I am blamed for most things. Sure. Yeah, no, but Chris, like this is this is what true friends do. Like they will come and visit someone in South Dakota, even though it's out of the way. 
there's nothing else around, we'll, we'll come visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's dive into some of the topics that we have to talk about today. So one of them is on a recent secret podcast, JVL and Sarah talked about podcasts. I don't remember exactly what the, the freaking topic was, but they talked about podcasts and Sarah seemed really confused <laughs> as to why anyone would right. listen to the sub beacon uh, since it isn't really about pop culture. It's really just about them bantering and chatting with each other. Yeah, she really seems because she said because she said she tried to listen and she's you know uh, I don't know how good friends she is with Sunny but she knew Sunny before JVL and so uh, she said even though I'm friends with two people on the show you guys just talk about nothing too much for me to get into it and she's just like she can't be- she's like I can't believe like this is what people want and JVL's like yeah we you know it seemed like JVL thought, like. Initially, we didn't think so, but no, people, the banter is what people want. And I emailed both of them that day and was just like, yes, the the banter is what people want. But she just. Uh, yeah, we, we, we want to hear about Woodshop and Basement Favelas yeah. and yes. trips dishwashers. on the dishwashers, trips to I mean, New York. Think about uh, just how much enjoyment we got out of hearing just the various uh, highs and lows of the dishwasher saga. Yeah. Just <laughs> that. the the lows thing, uh, <laughs> you know, the the dishwasher loading. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you there can I mean, the thing are... is like you can tell that they are having fun. Yep. And they like talking about whatever it is they're talking about. Well, th- think about like we had people who are permanently members of the SSEU now, um, just because of um, Sandwichgate. Do you guys remember Sandwichgate uh, on the Mega Thread? Herbert uh, and Gerber. Oh, yes. Herbert yeah, Ur- Ur- and yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that day tipped me over the edge and kind of been a Mega Thread lurker, and now I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> All it took was a few hours of tweeting about sandwiches. And yeah. you know, you almost getting arrested. So. Yeah. No, I, and so 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 I in my mind there are two types of podcast listeners. There are those who want scripted shows like serial or whatever, like scripted, well produced shows the perverts. that there are like actually a product. And that's fine. Like if they Ooh, want to impersonate that, Ira Glass and it's like Ira Glass. Hey, this is Ira Glass. Uh, welcome to our show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we're going after Ira Glass, but okay. <laughs> Ira Glass is good. He has a good podcast. I'm just saying, like, there's a certain type of podcaster that imitates his voice. Right. It, yeah, yeah, you know, like all the people, all the spinoffs from This American Life, like all the guys, like Alex Gordon. Um, the guy who hosts uh, 538 podcast the, now. Left fielder for the Royals? Yeah. Uh, uh, like, all those guys, they, they do. They they have the Ira Glass cadence yeah. and sound like him. And kind of nasally, kind of, mm. yeah. And then there's the, the second type of listener who doesn't need scripted stuff, just wants, like, a banter. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, okay. Well, I think there's in between. So, like, Sarah likes, you know, just the facts. Like, don't give me the banter. Just, like, get to it. And it's like, okay. So what Sarah said instead is that she listens to pop NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. Ryan, have you ever listened to this show? No. It I is have. freaking terrible. Is it? 
It is um, the worst form of kind of uh, identity politics, kind of racial bean counting. You know, like, uh, does this movie have good um, representation of people of color? So it's like, well, if you're covering, like, a historical topic, like Dunkirk, it's not going to have that many people of color. Yet They can't. They, they, they seriously go after something like that, even? People went after Frozen because it didn't have people of color. They're like, this is not actually Scandinavia. It's some, some <laughs> magical, <laughs> mythical worlds. And so they put a person of color in Frozen 2. I am just it's surprised. It's the worst form of, 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 of sort of uh, media criticism. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I've never... Uh, or, never or they'll finished. be like, oh, well, this movie like portrays... Uh, like this movie about like Mexican cartels makes it seem like um, all Mexican Mexican cartels are are bad. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's just telling a story about a Mexican cartel. It's making no judgments about Mexico in general. It's just like there are Mexican cartels. That's a thing that happens. Is Uh, that, is that actually a critique of Sicario or something you just made up? I want to say that they didn't like Sicario because it it just made life in Mexico seem bleak. Well, it's it's a fictional story. Like no one is saying like this is what's happening in in um what's the city across from El Paso? Juarez. Juarez. Yeah. Like no one is like this. It's it's a movie. It's a movie about drugs and like law enforcement. Um. So, so you want to be a Sicario? Ah, uh, but but so so let's talk a little bit about the reaction to what Chris is describing. So today. Sonny Bunch and Cinestate unveiled their new product, right? The Rebeler. The Rebel, Rebeller? The, the re- Rebeler. Re- I am not a fan of this name. I think that they should rethink it. Rebeler. Uh, I think it's a little but, <laughs> <laughs> It's a little late for a rebrand. <laughs> not that they gave us a chance to comment ahead of time, but. No, but Listen, anyway. Like it was, the, 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 the URL was, was open and available, so they claimed it. Okay. But but so am I wrong in thinking that this is sort of a reaction to what you are describing, Chris? Like these are the people that put out things like Drive Across Concrete and Bone Tomahawk. And uh, the movie they're making about a school shooting right now. <laughs> Did you read oh, the story on The Ringer about? Oh, the, is that the, uh, is that Run Hide? Uh, what's it called? Run Hide Fight. Yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 like it's about like basically it's about a 17 year old girl and they kind of like in the ringer piece they kind of described it as like die hard during a school shooting. You know they talk about how like and when I first read that I was like oh yikes oh, yeah and yeah, like really they talk about like in, like in the in the ringer piece they talked about how like basically like every person that first like <laughs> like that that's now working on the film and the first read the description was like. Uh, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if this is a good idea. And they still, they say, like, even because, you know, they, the interview was during the last days of shooting, and they were saying that the, the still people are on it are still kind of like, you know, this is, you know, really uh, territory on the edge to where, like, if they, if they don't do it, you know, the right way, it could come off poorly. And, yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like making this movie is what they in politics would call a brave move. One one of the um, particularly egregious ones from – I'm sorry to circle back, but one of the particularly egregious um, kind of film commentaries they had was on – there's like an Amy Schumer movie where she was abducted in South America or something by like, I don't know, the one a cartel. With, um, Goldie Hawn. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and like they're just like that's that's just like we should not be making movies like this. It's just it's just racist to say that a white blonde girl could go to South America and get um, abducted. I just dislike that form of commentary. Um, I I understand there there are problems if if uh, there are good questions to ask, but if that's yeah, the extent sure. of the commentary, in like there are podcasts that I listen to that like that like touch on those themes and like ask them, but it's not. It's not like that. It's still like you still got to make a movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're still making art. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's that sounds like uh, I don't how many how much of that episode, how much of that podcast did you listen to? Did you listen to it after Sarah recommended it? No, no, no. Back back okay. in the day, like a friend recommended it. Oh, OK. Even the most woke critic, like if they have something, a problem with Dunkirk, like. I'm sorry, I can't. I, I, you're not being. You're not a serious person, right? And I'm, I'm not saying they did have a problem with Dunkirk. It's just like in, in my memory, right. that was the that that was a big uh, part of their were, criticism. That was like the line, because I would yeah. I would say, apart from Thomas, I guess let's just talk about Ryan and me. Um, I would say that that Ryan and I probably both um are are very glad to see uh, more women and people of color like in yeah. movies in Star Wars. Like the fact that like they're working on this. Uh, yeah, but, no, I I appreciate like that. I I appreciate that that like like going toward that line of criticism and artists like thinking about those things when they're making something, but just the the extreme of it is yeah, what. Yeah. Okay, here's the counter argument: <laughs> the Last Jedi, Finn. He's in it. <laughs> that's not an argument thomas what, what what's what do you did you watch the movie what a waste of a character like jesus christ uh so so let's move on but we we of course wish uh sonny bunch and dallas sonnier which is just a great combo i love it uh we wish them uh the best of luck with uh the, and, and the Phil, rebeler Phil. oh yeah Rebuilder, rebuild, whatever, I like, whatever. I like the it. guy. I, I've liked the guy even before he became part of um, Sinistate. Uh, like I, I was a fan of uh, Phil Nobile Jr., who runs Fangoria now, because he was a big. He's a big like James Bond like uh, super fan or something like that. And so I read a, a lot of stuff that he wrote about okay. James Bond. But now he uh, ran. I mean, he runs uh, their Fangor- Fangoria that, side of Sinistate. That's interesting, since your James Bond opinions are completely insane. Uh, but moving on, Chris, uh, I believe that you have a life hack for us today. Well, I, I'd, I'd like to clarify the terminology. This actually is this is decidedly not a life hack. This is a tip. <laughs> okay, a wise tip. Chris, this is, Chris has this a is something. Tip. This is something useful, and this he doesn't want it put in the category of life hack. Indeed. Um, so somebody on the mega thread, I think it was, uh, what's her name? Rachel Bullham? Bullham? Is that her name? Uh, Someone Rachel. knew, Rachel, uh, yeah. shared, I think it was her. Um, if you use an Instant Pot with, with meat, like either chicken or a roast. I love a meat Instant Pot. Love meat in the Instant Pot. One of the least pleasant parts is like shredding at the end. You got your forks or what, whatever you do. Like, and I, I even heard there that um, you can even buy these very expensive shredding things from Pampered Chef. Well, you don't have to. She suggested just 
take a, a hand mixer, a mixer, little little beaters, stick it in there. My gosh, guys, it is friggin' life changing. I, I I'm not even exaggerating. It's an amazing tip. It is the opposite of a life hack. I when was so you- ready to to crap all over this, but I now I seriously want to go make something so I can try this. And so. I, when I looked down and, and there's like liquid and meat, I was like, this might get a little bit messy. It didn't. Um, now with the chicken, um, I was concerned about it like maybe splashing. So I, I just put the lid on top and you can kind of put the beaters underneath. It's a huge – it's it's an amazing life-changing tip. Damn it. That is such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, oh, actually, thank you. Cause it, I, it, really, it really is. I seriously uh... – Shredding sucks, doesn't it? It does, and now I'm hungry, and I want to go throw something. I want to just go throw a a big uh, thing of meat in the instant pot. Speaking of life hacks, so I have two comments on this. Not a life hack. Do you want want door one or door two? Two. Okay. So, Chris, but you also recently made another big change in your life. Would you qualify this as a, a life hack, a life tip? You don't Did even you get the I'm... tattoo removed? <laughs> no, no, no. He went to Costco and got winter tires for his car. Oh, so he kept it. And, and I am so proud of him. Have you tried them yet? Are they on the car? Are you noticing a difference? I actually haven't tried them yet. They, oh. it, it, uh, I've ordered them. They will. I will uh, put them on the car tomorrow. Okay. So I'll let you know next episode. And they're, they're okay, and they're going on a minivan, right? On the minivan, yes. Yeah. Wait, do they have chains on them? <laughs> no chains, just just snow tires. Mm. That sounds. But I, I've never had snow tires before, so we'll see. Uh, we're getting them on the the minivan before we um, travel to my dad's house up in northern Minnesota, uh, where we're. Uh, I'll give you the lowdown on on all the festivities. We're going dog sledding. My family is very excited for that. It's gonna be wait I mean, wait wait. wait. Wait, you're going dog sledding? Like you're going to have a team of dogs? Yeah. Isn't that problematic? Is it? Is it? I no, mean, no, it's not. As you, long don't as you have to? Dogs. Don't you have to like whip them to get them? No, they, there's nothing that they want more than to run and pull you. They're dogs. They 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 feel like you're part of the pack. Hold and on. They're competitive with each other. They love pulling dog sleds. We have. Did you know? Because Chris has a John Travolta clarification, and I have a John Travolta quote from a movie. Because you made your Adele. Dazim. Adele scene. Dazim joke, and apparently some people didn't know what that was from. Yeah, Chris, can you explain this? Well, at the Oscars, when he was tasked with announcing her, he included a lot of really interesting details, like a joke about her being wickedly talented, referring to her um, long run um, on the Wicked musical on Broadway. But then when he got to say your name, instead of saying Idina Menzel, he said Adele, Adele Dazim. Dazim. The wickedly talented Adele Dazim. And so and to bring could, this right. – You could actually go on uh, – someone made a website like that very night – where you, it was like an, uh, a John Travolta name generator. So you'd put your name in there, and it would it would like <laughs> switch it up, screw to, it up, yeah, screw it up. And and when Ryan tells his story, I'm I'm gonna look, see if that's still live and see if I can figure out what my John Travolta name is. So to bring yeah. it back to dog sledding, 
to sled dogging or dog sledding, however you say it, sled dogging, I think is what you say. Uh, one of John Travolta's most famous movie quotes is is about dog sledding. Oh, uh, well, okay, do share. All right. Uh, and I'm it's just going to jump right in, like, in media res. So this jog just lifts its hind legs up and puts them in the, uh, you know, you know the, the harness there and just takes a shit while he's running on his front paws. So he's dumping and running all at the same time. Now that's multi-fucking-tasking. If you ask me. And that was from uh, the taking of Pelham 123 <laughs> as uh, John Travolta's on the phone to Denzel Washington. John Travolta, Denzel Washington, two of our finest actors, and uh, John Travolta's talking about a, uh, a sled dog. <laughs> taking, is this an actual, Ryan, is this an actual quote from That's the really in the movie. <laughs> And then he goes on to say like how like 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 the shit like got on him somehow because he's talking about like his honeymoon or something like that. Have you never seen take the taking of Pelham one two three? No, I saw the sequel of Taking of Pelham three four five. Oh, I I saw I saw this I saw the giving back of Pelham one two three. The Travolta version is the remake, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've never seen the original. I really like the taking of Pelham one two three. I think it's really like it's movie. it's like it's stupid, but it's fun. Like it's really, I mean, just because Denzel Washington and Travolta are basically just talking to each other the whole time, like you know, they they can make anything interesting pretty much. And there's other like good character actors in it too. Yeah, no, I think it's an entertaining heist movie. Like it's not. It's, it's insane. Like, there's a kid yeah. that's like, that's like, you know, like sexting his girlfriend like on the train, and somehow like his <laughs> Wi-Fi works in like 2003 or something like that, like in the tunnel of the train. Uh, Chris, what what is your John Travolta name? Catherine Hasmaton. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is Tobias Leswis. <laughs> that's good, David. Mark, Ryan, Kenny, do it. <laughs> Did you break it? <laughs> Dawid memes. D a w i d m e e m s. Dawid. Thomas, could I talk about movie quadrants now? <laughs> Don't forget, we got to do the game because this is yeah. Be we got to go. No, no, the game is going to be do, a long running game. We, we, We're going to play we, it forever. We got to do the game, and we need to do whatever Chris is doing now, and then we got to do uh, we got to do the Mandalorian uh, because Thomas, I want to how much have it. you had to drink today? Three fourths of the bottle. We're good. I just opened this bottle too. I'm that, not even that, drunk at all. How can you be drunk? A, Ryan, how do you feel about Shiraz? Excuse me? It's not it's not the hooker. It's a type of nope. grape. I'm working on it. I don't think it it definitely sounded like you said, Ryan, what do you think about your ass? How do you feel about your ass? How do you feel about your ass? But in fact, I guess you're referring to the wine varietal Shiraz. Yeah. 
Well, but I could only ascertain that even with you holding it up, the bottle of wine up, it still sounded like, how do you feel about your ass? Okay. Thomas, can I talk about movie quadrants now? Go ahead, best friend. All right. So on the show, uh, that, on the Sub Beacon show, we have heard Vic talk at length at various they bring it up now every single time. Um, Vic has four quadrants. Uh, he, he doesn't have a very sophisticated movie analysis, but there are four things that he grades movies on. Is it is it a reasonable length of movie? Uh, he doesn't like long movies. Is the plot complicated? He likes a simple, easy-to-follow plot. He um, he wants some nudity. That's a, that's a plus <laughs> for him. And violence also is, is integral for Vic to like a movie. So we've kind of discussed, like, what are our quadrants? And, and it, it, right away, it, they didn't pop out at me. Like, what, are the, what would be my four quadrants for, uh, that would indicate a quality movie? But I, I did come up with, with four uh, categories. So the, the first one is – Hang on. So, so we're, we're going to make this um, a running thing on a podcast. We're each going to give our quadrants. So Chris is doing it this week. We're going to force next guests week. to do it. We're yeah. going to force guests to do it. It, it. it will be great because yeah. everyone everyone probably has these. It's mm-hmm. just that they haven't thought of them, right? When Andrew Edgar comes on after Christmas. <laughs> yeah. We will right. get Ed- Edgar on, yep. So he said after Christmas. Yeah. So uh, the first category is, is humor. Like, is it funny? And uh, at first this may not seem like a sensible one because uh, people associate humor with comedies. However, I think most good dramas have really good humor, and there are some comedies that I can't stand that like I find completely unfunny because humor I don't think is dependent on being a comedy. Um, so it, I'm hoping we have time this episode to talk about the best movie of the year, um, the Downton Abbey movie. And of course Maggie Smith is incredibly funny. The show is a drama. But there is really good humor in Downton Abbey. Um, and the the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, I don't think I've laughed like guffawed quite like I did. Um, the, the setup that, that Tarantino did with um, like why can – will uh, this one director no longer hire Brad Pitt? And then there's this flashback to him like fighting with Bruce Lee. Oh, it's like, so the, great. The way that that concludes, I mean, it's not a funny movie. You wouldn't say, oh, well, wow, that's a laugh a minute. But, but like, when you insert comedy into a right. drama, it can be great. So, so humor. Um, uh, number two, does it look good? Um, so I would call it the mute test. Like, can you turn a, can you watch a movie on mute? And, like, does it look nice? And right now I've got Downton Abbey playing on silent, and it looks gorgeous. Um, take any Christopher Nolan movie or Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, take any Wes uh, Anderson. Wes Anderson is going to look amazing. He's going to have a color palette that's going to be consistent throughout the movie. It's just going to look gorgeous. You already mentioned. I mean, Tarantino movies. They... Tarantino movies. Um, does it? Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Do do all Tarantino movies look great though? Like, I, think, I think they're shot like pretty like I, I would I, I think they're shot pretty expertly like, like I mean I'm not a super Tarantino fan but especially like his most recent ones like yeah. um, I would say more recently Inglorious like, Bastards uh, The Hateful Eight is like pretty cool to look at 
Um, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is just... Uh, okay, I, 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 I can buy that. I can buy that his most recent ones actually look great. But some of his earlier ones, such yeah. as Reservoir Dogs... Reservoir Dogs, I, I was going to point I, that. I, that doesn't look particularly good. Right. Yeah, uh, I but, guess. But, I mean, I don't... I, I guess I'm, like, I'm not... I'm more of a Tarantino fan of his recent stuff, movies yeah. than, than I... Because, I mean, like, his early movies are... I understand they're good, they're great, and why people, you know, and how he changed movie making and stuff like that. But I, I like his recent movies far more than I like his early movies. But you've seen Reservoir Dogs? Yeah, of okay. course. Yeah, I've seen it okay. multiple times. I yeah. really like that. I think that's probably in my in my top three of Tarantino. Anyway, uh, Chris, go on. So we have two third, quadrants. Yep, third quadrant. Is it coherent? Um, so, uh, this is, uh, obviously good movies make sense and just like frozen two. <laughs> I mean, there's a big shortcoming of, of frozen two is that, is that the, 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 the stakes don't feel heavy because the, the plot doesn't make sense. Like what Elsa's doing is supposed to correspond to what Anna's doing on the other side of the world. It just, it just doesn't hold up and, and it doesn't hold up from, it doesn't, feel as dramatic as it could and i think um like i've heard people say well i'm not a movie expert i just i just kind of obviously like there's a lot of people who have no training but if you're like well trained if you go to film school if, if you work in the trade um you learn th things that make sense to your brain um so like think if things don't quite feel right it's because it's a flaw of movie making does that make sense right so, like, your common person will watch it, and they're like, eh, this just doesn't sit right with me. And somebody who's a little bit more sophisticated would say, well, that's because – and they'll they'll point out either the plot hole or the logic or the editing, just the way that it was put together, um, or even CGI. Like, um, if the CGI isn't quite right, um, like, your brain just doesn't – that's the, what the uncanny valley it'll is. like. take you it, out of it, yeah. Yeah, it'll take you out of it, and it just doesn't feel right. Like, when you La see Watto flapping his wings, and you're like – uh, flying creatures should be light. They should have hollow bones and are skinny. And and like George Lucas didn't have an explanation for why Watto could fly. He's like, I don't know. He's like filled with helium. I'm like, it, it just your brain tells you this isn't good. It, is the Tom Hanks animated uh, Christmas movie? Uh, is that, a, that that's an example of Uncanny Valley? Right? Yeah, Express. yeah. It is that movie's unsettling. But it's uh, also just like it's just it's unsettling because it it doesn't make any sense. Like it. Like the plot of it, of like what the world that they're trying to build doesn't work. So I would assume I haven't seen it, but I would assume that Downtown Abbey makes sense to you. Like somebody's like, I'm gonna take Abby downtown, and I'm gonna <laughs> really take her way downtown. And so somebody in the movie, like it all builds up to somebody really taking Abby downtown. Don't be crass, Ryan. <laughs> all right, Chris, what's your fourth quadrant? Fourth quadrant. Um. This is acting. Um, so, like, again, like, I'm not asking people to, like, get really critically analyze acting. And, and I don't know. Like, I, I don't have big complaints. But, like, are they compelling performances? So it doesn't have to be necessarily a good actor or even a well-known actor. But, like, sometimes an unknown. Um, like, Thomas and I were watching The Descendants. And, um, you know, the one daughter, she was an unknown at the time. But she had just a very powerful performance as a teenager and has kind of become a, a better-known actor over time. I haven't seen her in much, and her name is slipping my mind, but um, uh, Shailene Woodley. 
but she just had a really powerful performance. She was she was a nobody. They cast her, and like it was like she was compelling on screen. And so, I don't think it's dependent on star power. Um, I remember we we talked about one of the shortcomings of Highwaymen is that outside of Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner and maybe a few other very few others, like there's just none of the other performances had any weight. And we suggested maybe they hire a decent character actor or just like get a good performance out of out of those actors. So that's the fourth quadrant, like acting. And it's, again, I don't think you need to be sophisticated. Like basically, if a character kind of ha- leaves no impression, it's probably not a good performance. So get good performances from your actors. That's my fourth quadrant. You know what? I think the Irishman fails on all of these quadrants. <laughs> uh, so I've got to give the Irishman another another watch because I keep hearing that it's like, you know, a great movie. But uh, I when I watched it, I don't know. I couldn't. Just the beginning of the de-aging of De Niro, <laughs> like having him play, you know, a, a guy in his 30s, just and Joe Pesci calling him a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think Joe Pesci is great in it. I think Al Pacino is great in it. De Niro is just uh, like especially when he's young, it's just he's it's weird to me. And but it, I mean, that's the thing, though, like. I read the book, and so like, like I didn't pay close enough attention when I was watching it. Like I would, I was on my phone because because they like really, really <laughs> stick to the book, and I'm like, oh, I know what happens in this scene. I remember this from the book, and so like I would stop paying attention and find myself on my phone, and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot to pay attention to the to the movie. So uh, but, I don't know. Uh, but so I, I have not read the book, and I've been watching it in like 20 to 40 minute increments. Yeah. Part of it is because it's really freaking long and impossible to watch in one sitting. Another reason is that I'm bored. I'm bored. Do you think like but do you think like mind. if you saw it in a theater, like do you think it would be a different experience? Like to where you're forced to just put your phone away and you have to watch the whole thing. Do you think it would be a different experience? I, I don't think so. I mean a different experience in that it it, it would be even more painful. Yes. But you'd be, other than you'd, that, you'd be throwing stuff at the person in front of you <laughs> to entertain yourself. Yeah, no, it, it it moves so slowly. It has some scenes that are interesting and like the the, the facts, like random people, and they have like, oh, so and so died in 1964 and was shot in the head four times. That's like sort of cute, whatever. But other than, I, I don't know, there just isn't that much to this movie, except that it's long and slow and not funny, and the performances aren't all that great. And <laughs> Joe I, Pesci is, I think Joe Pesci is great. And yeah, I, 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 I think he needs that. to act more. He's doing, he's doing a good job. But other than that, I, I don't know. It fails most of Chris's quadrants. De Niro is De Niro's. I, I, I don't know. He's just. They should have yeah. got a young actor yeah. to play him when he was younger. I haven't even seen the movie, but just just because you can. Like I don't know why they had. Should. Yeah, I don't know why they had to do that. Like. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, that was like De Niro's thing. It was like I'm not going to be in it unless I get to be in it the whole time. Yeah. Well, and, and Chris has a very good point about this. So if he is going to be obnoxious about how he's into like good cinema and he doesn't want you to watch the Marvel cinematic universe or other garbage or whatever it is, 
then you should watch this movie. Well, maybe you shouldn't release it on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, so Thomas is but referring to nobody else made... is going to give him that much money to make right, it, right. other than Netflix, though. Well, then shut up about what's cinema. But if you're going to be a little whiny about superhero punk, movies, uh, yeah, and, and if you're going to be obnoxious in interviews and say, "Well, that's not cinema," but but I make cinema, and then you then release use the same three and a half hour used in um the the second guardians movie to de-age russell yeah. crow right. although they did it better in the guardians movie because uh, so you're gonna russell screw crow, up kurt, kurt russell was far more yeah kurt russell was far more believable as a young person in guardians 2 than robert de niro is yeah, just don't release it on a medium that ever where almost everybody's going to watch it on their phone in small increments and also screw up the basic premise of the thing, which is the DH. And why did they change the name? Like the name of the book was I Heard You Paint Houses. Why did they change it to The Irishman? Like that's oh, what I kept thinking about the whole that time. That would have been such a better title. It, it is because that's what the book was called. I Heard yeah. You Paint Houses. Yeah, because that's and, the first call that and, he gets from Joe Pet from um no Jimmy from Hoffa. Um, Jimmy Hoffa is like I heard you paint houses, which means I heard you you know murder people, and but they changed it to the Irishman, and that's just like what? So are people actually saying that this movie is great? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who? Uh, Brian Koppelman, who uh he wrote he's the writer. And creator of Billions, he wrote and directed Rounders. A lot of the people on The Ringer, who, on their movie podcasts, who, like, they do, you know, serious criticism of movies. They think it's great. There's, you know, just, like, several other movie podcasts that I listen to. They they, they keep saying, like, it's, you know, they, they, they're seriously saying, like, how, like, The Godfather 2 when it first came out was like panned by a lot of critics. They say like a lot of like great movies are not appreciated in their time. And they think in 10 or 15 years, the Irishman will be considered a great movie. I, I, don't. I, 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 I don't buy that. Like it is, it is no, it is no good It's, it's no Godfather. It's no, uh, once upon a time in America, it's no American gangster. Like it's okay. And you, well, well, and you know, we we all look back fondly on bad CGI. <laughs> we're, very, we're very forgiving about that, aren't we? Yeah, people are always like, Do, do you remember you that know, Avatar this movie? Is bad, bad CGI, but I love it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there's a hallmark of a good movie, that's it. <laughs> yes, that's one. Is that your first quadrant? Yeah, that's CGI. That's number one. <laughs> but but Ryan, Ryan, I think you have a game for us. Yeah, I do have a game. Um, it's a very simple game. Um, and you just need to uh, which one of you wants to play? Uh, maybe for maybe only. Um, it's one person game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chris, one at a time. Right. And it's uh. Rapid fire, um, you just got to answer, like, you know, instinctually, as soon as you, uh, you know, know what you want, then uh, you got to you gotta just scream out the answer. You don't have to yell your name because you're the only one playing. Like, right. Do you understand that? Like, since it's okay. only you, we don't need to have you say your name first because there's not multiple people playing. You're only playing, Chris. 
Like, I wish, like, I don't know what I need to get this through to you, but you're the only one playing. So you don't have to, like, identify yourself because we know you're the only one that's going to be answering. Thomas isn't going to answer because he's not playing. That wouldn't make any sense. So I don't know why you keep thinking, like. But I should still shout and it should still be fast. Rapid fire. Yeah. Yeah. So just. So I'm. As if I were competing with someone. The first answer that comes to your head, you know, just. All right. So I'm going to set up the scenario for you. Um, you're having a breakfast. Um, there's toast. There's eggs. There's pancakes. Um, syrup. Maybe, there's maybe some bacon. There's syrup. Yeah, you've got syrup there. Butter. You haven't poured it yet. It's still hot. There's butter, some hot butter. It's, it's going to melt on your pancakes. It's probably melting on your pancakes right now. All right. So Ryan, for your game, beverage. Has the game started yet? Yeah. For your beverage. I'm going to give you two choices. As soon as you hear which one you want, you yell it out. All right. First one is Pepsi or OJ. OJ Simpson. OJ. OJ Simpson. You have to drink OJ Simpson. You are so stupid. I can't believe you said that. You now you have to drink OJ Simpson. <laughs> What a weirdo. Thomas, can you believe that? He has to drink O.J. Simpson. He would rather drink O.J. Simpson than Pepsi. Like, that is gross. What does that even mean? Pepsi is just okay. Yeah. Well, presumably, you put him in a blender and (laughs) drink him. That's the game. I just want want to do that. Like, Like, even when people know what's coming, I just want to keep saying, like, you have to drink O.J. Simpson. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, can I do my remember when? You said you didn't want to. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Uh, do you still want to? No, that's fine. Why did Wait. you give him the choice? <laughs> I, he never told us what it was. He did. Did he? Yeah, it was about the thing. Oh. He, We'll we'll do it. We'll do it. Okay, Thomas, oh. can, I do my, can I do my remember when? Go ahead, Chris. So on the last Sub Beacon episode, they mention uh, Larry Craig and Sonny actually got the story wrong, which which led me to believe that maybe some of our younger listeners may not remember that a senator from Idaho, not a state senator, a U.S. senator, was arrested in the Minneapolis airport for soliciting sex, which I oh, guess. Oh. The, Oh, I know this. Al Franken. No. No. So I guess there are enough dudes having sex in the airport bathrooms. Um, And there's a method to this. You kind of like take your foot and you kind of go underneath the other stall and kind of tap. And there's a there's a whole thing. Um, And so they sent an undercover cop in there. Work. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean. I don't want to ask. I don't want to pull too much of that string, Ryan. Um, I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's an airport. Like, you would. I don't know. All right. And what? yeah. So how, I just want to raise. Go, go ahead, Thomas. How, how would you guys react if you were in a stall at an airport? You had a. You had. You have. You have to board in ten minutes, <laughs> and someone reaches out with their foot underneath the stall, and they start tapping. <laughs> What? You think this is an insane it'd person? Bit, it'd be a little bit unnerving. I would not. Yeah, exactly. I'm not thinking like, 
oh, that dude wants to bang, <laughs> I'm going to be like, this person is crazy. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And what, what Sonny read, uh, he like Googled it, and I guess he um, after the fact, um, people came out that they had had liaisons at the Union Station bathroom with him. So like, which is no surprise that someone who does it in one place is going to do it elsewhere. Like that's, but like of all places, I guess before there were apps, like you just go find the filthiest yeah. place. You go. <laughs> 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 But weren't there message boards or something? Like, yeah, seriously. There was like, still the internet. You would think that they would, I mean, <laughs> what? Would you just like, go sit on random toilets and hope what? that there's someone sitting next to you that's that wants to, you know, get it on in the, the most disgusting place possible? What's the, what's the place there's m- the most amount of germs? Right. <laughs> what, what year are we talking? Look, what, what look I'm this? not, like, I'm not into... Uh, you know, scatological sex, but I want there to be poop around. <laughs> I don't want it to be involved. I just want it to be around. I'm, I'm, I'm I want to big... hear someone else pooping two stalls <laughs> down. I cannot climax unless I can hear the sound of turds hitting water. I, I, I think this podcast has hit a new low point. I, so this was um, June 2007. Two fa- the, the internet definitely was around in 2007. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't understand the methodology here. Do, yeah. do they go somewhere else? Like, do they tap your foot and they're like, okay, let's go get a hotel. And because well, it feels well, like that's not what's happening. To, to get through security, but I guess we'll just forfeit that and... Which one crawls underneath the stall, though? Like, does the person who initially taps, is he the one, since he's the aggressor, he's like, all right, I'll, I'll crawl underneath the stall. Put your jacket down. Oh, it, it was so romantic. He put his jacket down so I could... Oh, quite the gesture. Crawl underneath the stall. Well, so they exit the stall, go wash their hands, pretend like they're leaving the bathroom, but then take a turn and go back in and enter the other stall, was what I would think. But, like, it's just not big enough. Like, and I mean, it's not like, like, why, like, why? I mean, I realize, uh, you know, there's been, you know, uh, people who are gay have been, you know, treated poorly over, you know, the existence of uh, humanity. But in 2007, it's not like. It's not like people are breaking down hotel rooms, saying like, oh, "Or two people, or two gay people having sex in here." Like, why do they have to do it in a men's room, bathroom? Like, it, uh, uh, part of the uh, thrill. Question, <laughs> question. What happened to Larry Craig after this? That requires too much research. For me. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I, I don't think anybody knows. I, I, I don't think there's any way to find out. Okay. Well, I. No, we, we, there, we, there isn't. Okay. There's, we, 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 could we just have, know. we just have to leave it at that. And instead we will talk about someone else who might. Uh, also One of the great be- mysteries of the world is what happened to Larry Craig after this. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we're going to move on and talk about someone else who might also uh, be gay. We are going to talk about The Mandalorian, uh, <laughs> Disney Plus's sensational show who 
like this show probably accounts for 80% of their traffic, right? Yeah, I mean that sounds like you, a totally made up statistic. To you us. watch, but I mean seriously, you watch Noel, which was their their Christmas movie with Bill Hader and Anna Kendrick. Which, Anna Kendrick. Kendrick. <laughs> like I said, which which is fine. It was is is Thomas is making a circle. I don't know if that's a glory hole, um, but Obi Wan and Qui Gon. <laughs> Uh, but so yeah, like you watch that, which is fine. It's in a, for a Christmas movie, for a you know cranked out you know in a short amount of time, cheap to make Christmas movie. It's it's fine. It's is it was it, it was funny. Is it is it better or worse than a Hallmark Christmas movie? It's better. I mean, just okay. because it's Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. I mean, they're talented actors. It, so it's they're funny. They're naturally funny. It's one it's, of my quadrants. It's, it's better. And also, there's there's other. I can't remember who it is. Um, who else is in it? Uh, um, Doesn't matter. Move Shirley MacLaine is in it. Uh, 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 some other people. Uh, oh, Billy uh, Billy Eichner is in it. He's he's hilarious. Like because at one point, like he becomes he becomes Santa. And uh, like he he he's he's whittled down in order to like um, ex- e- uh, expedite the delivery for president for presents for presidents for presents on Christmas night. He's whittled down the uh, the nice list to two thousand eight hundred and twelve kids in the world. <laughs> like kids are getting emails that say like because you failed to floss uh, regularly this year, you were on the naughty list. <laughs> like just like stuff like that. Yeah, he's like, and he's just like, I think we should have like GPS icebergs, uh, uh, like uh, GPS um, controlled icebergs go to like different like FedEx offices and deliver the presents this year, so we don't have to go anywhere. And for the 2,812 uh, nice kids, and like, uh, it, it's fun. He he's funny in it. But anyway, he's, I, other he's than, good in most things. He is. Other than other than like. That and The Mandalorian, I don't know what you're watching on – I mean unless you just want to watch Frozen, which – Oh, I, I, I will tell you what people watch. So during my six-day six stay at the Hamburg household, Disney Plus was probably on for at least two hours every day and was just like Moana or Frozen or no. any other Disney okay. movie. Yeah, so I mean I guess that's the same at my house, but I mean – I mean, it's just like <sighs> my kids have not touched Netflix since November twelfth. They've watched Star Wars Rebels almost twice now. Um, Jordan has watched The World According to Jeff Goldblum, so which is which I, I haven't watched it that closely. It's kind of on in the background, but I mean, it is worth watching just because Jeff Goldblum is so just delightfully strange. Really, I haven't tried that. Uh, it might be I'll have to put that on for them. So I would say. Netflix has been on still a lot for us because the Grinch, um, the most recent Grinch is on Netflix, yeah. and which I Piper, like. I like Piper. Piper loves that. Like the whole <laughs> scene where they're singing, uh, what's that? What's that Christmas carol that the carolers uh, chase the Grinch around with? I don't know, I, but Piper, Piper like does the choreography 
of like uh. when they're like like snapping their fingers like this, and then when the Grinch <clears throat> does does this and screams, like she does that. Uh, that sounds she, like a video that you need to share with us. Yeah, I should have. Sounds probably. pretty adorable. Um, so that's that's like the main reason they've gone back to or she she'll watch Netflix, but. Yeah, I guess she rewatches some of the Disney stuff on there. I still got to believe most people are just watching The Mandalorian and they're and that's it. The The Mandalorian. So they talked about The Mandalorian extensively on the Sub Beacon, um, but it is it is a pretty good show. Like I, I talked with Adam about this. Adam is a big fan of The Mandalorian. I don't think I'm as big of a fan, but it's a good show. And I like The Mandalorian because it showcases a bunch of cool planets and just like cool storylines. Like they go to Tatooine, they go to different planets. Uh, you have different kind of spaceships. You have freaking Baby Yoda, who everyone likes. Like it's just there's a lot of cool Star Wars things mm-hmm. packed into this show. Mm-hmm. I don't like there, there isn't. Uh, like a red thread there isn't a plot throughout it that is all that captivating but it is really cool to watch and the last episode episode six is actually really good bill burr is i mean it's a good episode like the, the 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 idea for the episode is great but then like bill burr being in it and playing a <laughs> playing a an ex imperial sharpshooter and <laughs> not, not a stormtrooper <laughs> not a stormtrooper wise ass okay so so i have a question like how he's da- so great how, how does the how does the gun that like yeah, comes out know. of the back how does that work uh, I, I don't ask questions like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it I is just... a it connects to his neural network and um his brain tells it what to do because okay. science. Okay, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that seems. That was, that was an interesting touch. In this episode, we find out a lot of stuff about. So we've got we, we he he lands on the ship. We've got Mark Boone Jr. Who uh, was he? Was he the, the dirty cop on? Yes, on, Batman Begins. Yeah. he's the yeah. dirty cop. He's in Memento, and most famously, as Chris and I know, he's in Flaked. He's the because uh, like, Chris and I both love the Netflix show Flaked, and he's the guy who who owns the um, who owns that uh, store that the Will store Arnett that at. Will Arnett works at. Um, he's just this pot smoking hippie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sorry to be redundant. But yeah. And then also we um, we meet obviously Bill Burr is a ex-imperial star uh, uh, uh sharpshooter natalia tenna is in the like the holy trilogy of uh of like fan shows she's in star wars now because of this character she's in game of thrones she was asha in game of thrones and she was also in harry potter and she plays uh Xiang, the uh the lady with the weird skin tone weird weird stuff on her head and it's and basically it's hinted at that her and mando had a romantic relationship hinted at i feel like it's pretty clear right okay and so and it's also made clear that mando hasn't taken off the helmet (laughs) in front of anyone so mando fucks with his helmet on 
<laughs> That's basically what that episode said, right? Like, I... it's a different form of never nude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then there's a droid that Mando hates, Zero, that's also going to be going with them. And we find out that Peli from the last episode did not do a very good job of fixing up the, the Razor Crest. He's like, the hyperdrive's only uh, 67%. The, uh, the, the power lines are leaking. The comms are shoddy. And Mando, like, overpaid her. He, he gave her the whole, you know, the whole bounty from from the last episode yeah, but but that's that's because he didn't let the drones work on the plane uh ship and amy right. sadaris could only amy sadaris can only do so much if she's holding baby yoda right and if she she could have watched baby yoda and had the droids work on the ship so mantos mando's you know his prejudice cost him there so so on Twitter, I, I tweeted about how I think that Mando's ship is really freaking ugly. And uh, Tim Lewis, who has been on the show previously, uh, replied and said that it is essentially a, a space <laughs> minivan, which <laughs> seems like a very apt description right. of what this yeah, was. But apparently they needed it because Mando didn't register. He didn't go to the space DMV to... to <laughs> To register the Razor Crest, <laughs> so like they, they can't, they can't, uh, they can only like uh, find ships that have been registered. Apparently, the the New Republic. Mando wouldn't want to wait in line at the space DMV. Well, he couldn't. I mean, they'd be like, "Sir, you need to take your helmet off for your, for your photo." <laughs> and he just like lights their face on fire. <laughs> right, he just incinerates. <laughs> So then they uh, they they tell Mando they're going to um, free one of their one one of their crew that's been that's been captured by a rival. Uh, but then quickly Mando finds out no, this is a uh, a New Republic prison ship. So he's been arrested. He's not uh, been kidnapped or whatever. Um, but he's like, yeah, whatever. You still got to do this. You want he is off. You can't get any other job. And he is—he's on this. So this—this this is the main question I have about this episode. Like the main concern I have. So there's this prison spaceship, which it's not a transport, right? It's not heading anywhere. It's just a slow like prison in space. Like okay. it doesn't seem like it's. I, they don't—they don't make that clear if they're transporting them to a planet to be put on the prison or if it's just a prison ship because they tell Mando it's run completely by droids and they they play to the fact that hey Mando you don't like droids so you know you'll be fine doing this you go you'll get to kill a bunch of droids but they find out uh so they get in there and they uh they, they start killing droids and um uh Mando they they get in a they get in a battle but then Mando has uh, snuck behind the uh, the droids and he kills a bunch of them and clearly Bill Burr makes an effort to stop them from helping Mando so that's the first hint you get that uh, they're actually the plan is to either let Mando get killed or just leave him on the ship um, right and so so they end up freeing this guy and then they 
lock Mando in a prison cell. Right. Yeah. And they tell him that's what you deserve because apparently this guy is uh, Xiang's brother. Quinn is the guy they freed. He's Xiang's brother. And, and he's a terrible brother. Like, he, they, I, yeah, right. And they seem to, they definitely seem to be brother and sister in like a Luke and Leia sort of way because they. <laughs> I got that sense too. <laughs> Just the way they look at each other. and Right, and the way they first, like, they got, you know, very close to just, like, making out. But then, but yeah, then he's just, like, he doesn't even care about his uh, sister. And, uh, <laughs> and again, it's completely all, all off of Bill Bird's comedic timing, the way he's just, like, nice family. <laughs> when he finds out that Quinn doesn't care about his sister at all. the They, they find the only human on the ship, uh, Davin. And uh, he's got this um, transponder thing to where if he clicks it, it'll it, it's a distress beacon and the New Republic fleet will come for them. And so there's a standoff where they're all holding guns against each other's heads. And Mando's like, no, we're not going to kill any people. And Bill Burr's like uh, – <laughs> Mando tries to tell the guy like, look, if you just let us uh, free the guy that we want to free – you you know we won't we won't hurt you get away with your life and Bill Burr is just like no we won't <laughs> which I loved I love that he's not even like trying trying to say like yeah yeah well we'll get you in the middle of a standoff it does nothing to help right <laughs> we're gonna he's like no we're definitely gonna kill you yeah and uh, so they end up do they end up uh, Xiang uh, kills um, Davin. Um, but not before he hits the transponder. And so then uh, Zero, in who's on Mando's ship, tells them, oh, you've got 10 minutes before... Or I think initially he tells them he's he, you've got 20 minutes before the, the fleet gets here. And uh, then at one point he tells them... And then they lock Mando in the, uh, in the, in the cell. And then he gives them an update and says... Uh, Mando's gotten free of the cell and you've got 10 minutes and in those 10 minutes Mando takes out all of the all of the crew that he came with and dragged them to the cell and gets (laughs) and gets back on his ship in less than 10 minutes so that's pretty that's pretty efficient um, time management by Mando Ah. I, so, I love so, how it filmed him in action. So when he like disappeared, when they were like in that shootout at, right at the very beginning with the droids, and they're ineffective at shooting the droids, and <laughs> and they look around and he disappeared, and suddenly like Mando's in action, taking out the droids from behind. That was really cool. And then yeah, there, was no, another, there was the other scene where the lights were going on and off, and you could see um, Mando. Uh, when the light was on, and you could, and then the light would go off, and then he, it, the light would go back on, and you'd see him in a different place, and he came up behind that. Who, who was that that he came up behind? Was that Burr? Uh, yeah, I think it was. I think that was when he took out Burr. That was pretty effective. Yeah, uh, it, no, it was really like the the action in this in this episode was the the best it's been. I think probably of any of the episodes, it was really cool. And the Yoda uh, stuff was cool. How Yoda was concealed for a while, baby Yoda. Yeah. Um, but then they, they kind of discovered him, and, and Burr's a, a jerk about it. Um, but then uh, the Zero voice goes, goes look looking for him. For him. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. And then, and then like, uh, he's about to shoot 
Baby Yoda and uh, Baby Yoda puts his hand up like he's going to yeah. use the force. But then Mando shoots the droid and Baby Yoda kind of like yeah, looks, looks at, at his, his hand, hand. <laughs> like, was that me? Did I just like blow that was away like that? timing? Yeah, it was it was really good. So uh, one of the things about this episode that I, I really liked was uh, the droid trying to search for Baby Yoda and Baby Yoda is hiding. And then in the end, you see Baby Yoda try to like use the force yeah. uh, be- before the droid is shot in the back by Mando. And uh, I looked this up later online. Uh, apparently, Yoda's species, like this green humanoid creature thing, like it's apparently not known what species this is. It doesn't really right. have a name or we anything. Have Yoda, like. Yoda and Yaddle are the only ones we know yeah. that that species, but we don't know what they are. Yeah, and so like that's cool. Like they can do anything they want with this baby yeah. Yoda character. Is it a clone of of Yoda, or is it because? You know, when Yoda was running the the whole Jedi Council, you weren't allowed to have attachments. You weren't allowed to get married. You weren't allowed to mm-hmm. have, you know, so it'd be rather hypocritical of him to have, you know, uh, <laughs> had a partner and had a baby. So I would say... Maybe they if, reproduce asexually. Maybe... Right, yeah. Maybe, you know, he, maybe like, he laid an egg... Yeah, so. or maybe he, like cut off his foot and that grew into a another baby Yoda. <laughs> but, so, the, um, so this is this this baby in, Yoda is what fifty years old and is fifty years old. Essentially, is a toddler. Right. Yeah, because they they live for several centuries or something like yeah. that. And a, um, yeah. Yoda, but was it just takes that long to mature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in and the other thing is like. So Yoda, like, it looked like Baby Yoda was going to use the Force, but yeah, we right? didn't get to see him do it. And he hasn't used the Force since Mando turned him in to um, Werner Herzog. And so, like, like he hasn't done anything to use the Force since then. So it's, like, and they were doing, like, all those tests on him. So did something, like, happen like when they were running those, like dead, can he even use maybe, the force anymore? Maybe they stole his midichlorians. Maybe that's that's what I'm that's what I'm asking because he hasn't used the force since then. Uh, question: As a whole, do you like the Mandalorian as a show? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, uh, there have been you know episodes that I didn't like very much, but uh, yeah. Uh, for the most part, I do like it. Like it's it's really cool, and uh, it seems like they really like and just like you said, like just getting to see different planets and uh, just different people. Those are those are two of Ryan's quadrants: different planets, different people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris, you also like it? I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I I don't understand the the complaint on episode six that. People don't know where this series is going. On episode six of Justified, did we know where the series was going? I mean, we know that that Giancarlo Esposito is in this show, but he hasn't. Like, he was pretty big part of the promotion for it, and he hasn't shown up yet. Yeah, and and we know based on was it episode five, where at the end of the episode uh, we see like this shadowy somebody. 
the shadowy guy walk up to the to the corpse. So so in that in that episode, like you hear you hear like you hear like spurs on his boots, and famously um, Boba Fett had spurs on his boots. Okay. People are saying that that could be Boba Fett that showed up there at the end. I am sure that Tyson is going to love this episode, and he will probably tweet at us or DM us and tell us why we are all wrong about everything that we've said about the Mandalorian. Man uh, Mandalore. Mandalore. A Mandalore. Anyway. That is all the time we are giving to this episode. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, leave a comment, download the episode, listen to the sub beacon, come visit us in Austin, Phoenix, or Sioux Falls. We love you all. Sign up for the Reveler. Make sure that you send a, a kind message to Victorina Mattis about how much you love the sub beacon. That is all the time we are giving to this episode. Thank you all for listening. See you next week. And watch out for wide stances. mentioned chick-fil-a earlier right yeah so the new york post had an article about how a man eats chick-fil-a every day for 114 days to break record someone else replied and said that no the record is six days another thing that i wanted to add speaking of noel is that anna kendrick is amazing she is delightful did you know that Anna Kendrick no, is only no one five disagrees with her. She is no. only five foot two. Okay. We get it. She's shorter than you. Well, you know, Dr. Manhattan, like, walks around naked. I don't know who Dr. Manhattan is. He's the big blue guy. Well, Did you mention this? Did you tweet about this? You're saying he hangs Dom. There's a good chance. Yep. Because I asked someone about who the fuck is Dr. Manhattan not too long ago, and... They acted like I was stupid because I didn't know, but I, I really had no the idea. Watchmen series, Everyone's watching the Watchmen, Watchmen series on HBO is really we uh, we just finished it today. Um, it's it's really good. I'm I'm sure that's what they did is they 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 built a midichlorian extractor and they took all the midichlorians and they they put them in a what in do a you box. think what what part of the body do you think they extract the midichlorians from? Obviously, well, they come from the blood. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, you're saying you're saying which part of the body did they put the? Okay, what did you say, Thomas? Which part of the body? I think I talked. Well, to I, I mean, I, I assumed it was the penis.